0: Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly.
1: Hey, it's good to see your face. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> All right, I'm going to make everyone super hyper this morning. And then we'll get super serious. So that's always my goal, get you hyper and then serious. Um, That's basically how I live my life, if you didn't know. So that's my life. Hey, um, John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you. I pray that you would come right now, that you would illuminate your word, and that you would speak truth for what truth is. God, we love you today. Thank you for Palm Sunday. God, the Sunday that represents so much, a week before you gave your life, Jesus. I pray that we would remember this day, and I thank you, Jesus, that you're going to help us remember in Jesus' name. Everybody said, it's really weak right now, Jared. Everybody said, amen, amen. That's what Jared says when he does announcements. Amen, amen. Amen. Love it. Hey, it's good to see your faces. We're super pumped. Man, I took Benson to the theme park last week. It was so awesome. I said, hey, buddy, we're going to go to the theme park and we're going to ride some rides and it's going to be awesome because we're doing a new series called Not Quite. And we want you to be a part of this series and you're just so cute. And so it's going to be a lot of fun, except there's going to be a couple of rides that you can't ride because you're just too short. You're just too short. You're just not quite tall enough, and that's exactly what Austin talked about last week, isn't it? He talked about how how there's the way, and there's only one way, and Jesus is the way, and no other way lines up. Every other way just comes up a little short, not quite making it there so benson i we we rode all these rides together we had a lot of fun he he won like the ring toss and got one of those really big stuffed animals you know like one of those that i kept trying to win when i was 13 for my girlfriend and and i never did and so he's he's already a hero he's already working on his game and it's awesome so we had a great time and so fun in this series and jesus he makes another truth claim, another claim in this passage. Not only does he say, I am the way, but he says, I am the truth. I am the truth. He makes this truth claim that there's, there is no way to the Father except through me. And because I'm the truth, this statement, therefore, is true. The first thing I want you to know today is truth is a person. Truth is a person. Aletheia is the Greek word for person. It's that which is invisible becomes visible. That which is hidden is revealed. That's what Jesus was doing. That was the truth of Jesus. In John 1.14, it says this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. Here we see glory is revealed. Glory is revealed in Jesus. Glory from the Father is revealed. It's amazing how glory is revealed. There's a genetic code that all of us have, right? We're all our our dad and mom's daughters. We're all our dad and mom's sons. We are a part of the family that we were born into. And you can tell this with Benson. Benson is so much a part of our family. In fact, a lot of you said, that dude looks just like you. He's like a mini Ben. Well, I think he looks more like Brandy, but I'm biased. But he does a lot of things that I do. For instance, he lines up the cars in a row. Like, where did he learn that? Because I did that same exact thing where I would line up all the cars. and Everything had to be just right. It was a little pre-OCD tendencies. That I had and Benson has as well. He also, he's cautiously adventurous. Cautiously adventurous, which that's kind of an oxymoron. But what that means is you kind of fill it out and then you just go for it, right? And so that's exactly what I do. Sometimes I just fill it out and go for it. That's what he does. It's so awesome. He also does this thing that I do where right before bedtime, He gets as hyper as possible. Like, I mean, like he just winds up and gets super hyper. And I still do that. I'm like, hey, babe, what's up? We're running around together, tackling each other, throwing each other on the bed. It's so awesome. He has super human strength, really. It's really cool. You know, there's this genetic code. These are traits that are passed down. And here we see in John that there were traits passed down to Jesus. Glory. Was passed down? There is only one who has glory, and that's God. And so the only one who could have glory other than God would be God, his son, Jesus. And so Jesus has this attribute of glory, and in this glory, there is grace and truth. God's DNA, his makeup, his attributes, there's actually truth in his DNA. And we've seen this since the beginning of time. Humanity has written about the truth of God. In Psalm 31, 5, into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. Isaiah 65, 16, because he who is blessed in the earth will be blessed by the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth will swear by the God of truth. John 17, 3, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 1 John 5:20. we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Jesus is not only truth, he has given us access to the one true God, he has made it very accessible. that Those who are in Jesus are also part of the truth. Those who are in Jesus are also true, but we have been believing a lie. And maybe, maybe you in this room have been believing a lie. I think we all believe a lie every once in a while. It's, in fact, what the enemy loves to do. It's what the world loves to do is when you're in truth and you're walking in truth, the enemy loves to come and bring an untruth. He loves to come and bring something about you. He is often called the accuser. And so here he is. And we often are duped. We're often duped. We're often duped into believing something other than what we believed originally. We're duped. And in Mark 10, there's a young man, a young man who who is finding himself doing good things, becoming awesome, I mean, doing all the right things, but really, he was just duped. And let's read it. Mark 10, if you have your Bibles, verse 17 through 22. Let's read this encounter between Jesus and this young, wealthy man. He's a millennial. He would be like Mark Zucker- Zuckerberg. He would <laughs> he would super millennial, super rich. Everything's going well for him. And in Mark ten seventeen, it says this, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to Jesus, Teacher, I've kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But at these words, he was saddened and he went away grieving. For he was one who owned much property. One who owned much property. Really, the young man was duped. You see, he was taught in life and society, "If if I do all these good things, if I honor my father and mother, if I keep the law according to your commandments, if I do everything that you say, then I will inherit the kingdom of God. Then I will enter into the kingdom of God. But he was duped, and he was duped not by Jesus, but he was duped by this law. He was duped by this idea that he could make a way for himself. It's probably why he was actually wealthy, because he was such a hard worker that he accumulated a lot of wealth. You see, he was all about works based doing as much as he could. He was striving in so many ways, and we all believe lies, don't we? Like, we all believe lies and we're duped all the time. It's so crazy. I grew up in the generation where if you drank a gallon of milk a day, you would be the strongest man in the world. And then all of a sudden, milk causes cancer. What? I mean, this is crazy. And then milk is good for you again. And then milk causes cancer again. You're like, what is going on? Milk, you're a fraud. I'm becoming duped. And and quite honestly, we've all been duped by certain things. Maybe... You've bought into a pyramid scheme, a marketing scheme where if you give $100 to buy into this product, this will be an outcome, a mansion and a bend and everything that your heart could desire, right? Some of you have been duped by that because you've been doing it for three years and you still only have $100, right? Some of us have been duped by, by broken promise after broken promise. Some of us have been duped. Because our father said they would show up to our graduation, and they never did. Some of us have been duped by, by an empty promise after empty promise. And all we do is keep putting hope and trust in that. My friend the other day he was duped by a guy coming to his door the guy came to his door and told him that there was a plan to save him so much money you see the sun has all the power the earth needs and if you were to get these solar panels and put them on your roof your bill will be non-existent you will have no more electric bill how many of you want to do that Yes. Yes, that is such a good idea. And then here comes his first bill. It's more than his original electric bill. Can I just say this man was upset? Just a little. He was duped. He was duped. None of us like to be duped at all. And if you've been duped enough, you start to lose trust. You start to lose trust in things. And if trust is lost, then you ask yourself, is there really any sure truth? Is there any really sure truth? Because trust is developed by putting hope in truth and watching that truth become faithful and faithfully fulfilling what it promised it would do. Romans one twenty five: we see the world and we see everyone around us and we see how they have been duped and the trust in humanity is weighing very thin For they exchanged the truth of God, verse 25, for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Sin duped us. It duped us, didn't it? It it messed with us. You see, the creature came around and he told us that life would be so much better On the other side, if we would just know, if you would just have all knowledge, if you would have the knowledge of good and evil, life would be so much better. And the creature took the creation, and he started messing with them. And manipulating them, and he started changing them, and affecting them, and all of a sudden, we bought into the lie that fulfillment will happen with just the next hookup, with just the next person, with just the next thing, the next job, the next possession. Life would be so much better, and we believed this lie, and this lie has duped us, but truth brings clarity. Everybody say clarity. Truth brings clarity. Truth in love, truth loves, and truth also hurts. Truth loves, verse 21. Looking at him, Jesus, who is all truth, felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all that you possess and give it to the poor. And you, you will have treasure in heaven. You will be far more wealthy than you could ever imagine, ever think, ever possess here on earth. You will be wealthy. Come, follow me. He loved him so much he spoke truth. That's what truth does. Truth speaks truth into situation, always in love, because it always protects, always hopes, always endures truth is amazing but truth also hurts anybody ever told you the truth and it didn't feel so good you're like whoa man back off look in the mirror look at yourself look at that plank in your eye right get off me right we do it all the time but truth hurts because verse 22 he realized he was saddened and he realized that he had much property he've acquired so much already I just can't walk away from it. And the truth is, we need clarity. We need clarity in today's world, don't we? Church, with everything that's happening in our society, we've seen so many battles and so many wars, from social class to ethnicity to so many things. We need clarity, church. We need clarity. It is a very foggy situation. The year is 2016. It is election year, right? And in election year, have things gotten a little foggy? It's so crazy because one politician makes a truth claim, and then a week later, he breaks it, right? And then then you're hoping that somebody else will make a new truth claim, and they do because they look at the polls, and then they break it. And we've done this back and forth dance where finally we just get fed up and we throw our hands in the air and we just say, man, I'm just going to choose the lesser evil. Have you heard that term, the lesser evil? I'm just going to choose the lesser evil because the lesser evil is absolutely the better. And we've seen this happen over and over again, a lesser evil. And the question for you is, how have you traded in the truth of Jesus for a lesser truth? How have you traded in the truth of Jesus? Jesus is the truth for a lesser lie. How have you done this? See, a lot of times we, we say, I, I won't steal. I won't steal. I'll just find another way to get what I want without stealing and so therefore, we'll compromise and do something lesser. You see, if it's, if it's not outright, then maybe it's, it's different. Or I'll, I'm, I'm not going to manipulate outright. I'll just, I'll just lie just a little bit just to get them just a little bit more on my side. Right? We do this so often. We find ourselves doing this. And in John 18, 36, Jesus wanted to remind us. The truth wanted to remind you and me this morning that my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of this world. And my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so are you a king Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king, for this I have been born, and for this I have come into this world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? When he had said this, he went out again to the Jews, said to them, I find no guilt in him, It was all about the Roman Empire and this, this empire that was growing and growing in power. And it was so earthly, so crazy. And we read, we read St. Augustine of Hippo. And we read this book from the City of Gods. And we read about how, how kingdoms come, kingdoms will go. But there's one kingdom that will remain. Everybody thought Rome was the greatest kingdom on earth. But St. Augustine, who was from Africa, said, There is a kingdom greater. And given perspective, given perspective to the church and to humanity. You see, when kingdoms were crumbling around them, people were freaking out and it was pretty foggy. But he wanted to bring clarity. There is a kingdom that is so clear and so true. And I want to tell you about that. Truth does not change. Truth is absolute. Truth does not change. Truth is absolute. 2 Timothy 4.3. For the time will come when they will, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth, we will turn aside to myths and quite frankly church the truth lives on the other side of denial it's easy to ignore truth if you've never really explored truth isn't it my friend philip philip grew up in an atheist household as he was in an atheist household he didn't go to church he didn't grow up going to church he didn't grew up knowing anything about Jesus. And as he was growing up, he had nothing to do with Jesus. In fact, he would get in arguments with all of his friends. He would be the outcast in the Bible Belt of Midland, Texas, where everybody was claiming Jesus and putting bumper stickers on their cars. As everybody was doing this, not Philip. Philip was an outsider. Philip stood against Christianity and everything that had to do with it but one day philip in college as he was being challenged by professors being challenged by different people and as he was preparing the right stuff in order to come against people he started exploring what it meant to follow jesus what what is the way what, what is that truly? And who is the truth? What do they mean when they say that? And so Philip began to explore. And as he researched and read book after book after book, he was faced with something. Just like you and I are faced with something. No longer could he live in denial. You see, the story was so clear. The story lined up. Jesus was a real man, and he is who he says he is. And there was five hundred accounts witnessing to his resurrection, and so many truth claims. And reading the scriptures and all the facts and all the evidence, and he was faced with a decision: Do I choose to believe this, or do I walk away? Do I say this is the only way, this is the truth, or do I walk away at the end of that search? My friend Philip gave his life to Jesus. He completely surrendered. He said, this is what I want to live for. I've done the research. Very intellectual, man. I've done the research. I've faced all the facts. And even if it's not true, the Christian life gives so much hope. There is so, it's so much better. There is so many great things about this. But Jesus showed up and changed his life. Today, Philip is married. He has two kids. He just he adopted a little girl from Ethiopia, and their family loves God and is pursuing God together. You see, church, when we, when we go up and we say we're going to quit living in denial, but we're going to face the facts, and we're going to pursue Jesus and watch the Holy Spirit move, our faith shifts from us to truth, from us to him. It changes forever, and this is what we're seeing. And it's why we have encouraged you to tell your friends your story about how when you used to live in denial, you used to be Romans 125, you used to live for self, but now you don't because you face the truth And the truth has set you free. Truth sets you free. As David comes up, help close out today's sermon. We're going to take communion in just a moment. The Lord's Supper, and I'll set that up for us. I need David to play a little ditty while I'm closing. It makes me close better. Man, as we're in this attitude of being faced with truth, being faced with Jesus, as we're in this posture of really reflecting on Jesus, in this series, not quite, talking about falling short, falling short. Romans 3.23 would say this, church, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no possible way that Benson can get on that roller coaster. You see, there's, there's a guy there, a gatekeeper, who is stopping him and saying, Nuh-uh, not today, boy. You're too short. You're not quite tall enough. Oh, you should see Benson's face. I mean, right? He's just running back to this roller coaster. I want to ride that one. I want to ride that one. No, let's ride the kitty. The kitty merry-go-round. That takes forever. Let's do that one. He couldn't ride it as much as he wanted to. And, and the truth, church, in love, is you can't ride it either. You can't enter the kingdom of God. You can't enter the heavenly of heavenlies. We can just hold on to that communion, guys. Just for just a second when you get it back. I'm sorry. I want want everybody just to hear this just for a moment. We fall short. We fall short. Of the glory of God. We fall short of his kingdom. We fall short. And we've fallen short. Here's what's amazing. I'll conclude with this and then set up the Lord's Supper. Here's what's amazing. As Benson is sitting there in this line wanting to ride this roller coaster. As he's desperately wanting to ride this roller coaster, we looked at the sign. And the sign said 42 inches. But there was another sign that said 36 inches with an adult. And what was amazing is he's 36 and a quarter inches. And here comes dad. And that's the gospel. The gospel is we all fall short. But here comes dad. Here comes Jesus. Jesus to make a way for us. Because he's with you, church, because he's for you, nothing can stand against you. That's why we showed up today, because somebody needed to hear that. Some of you have been trying to ride alone, been trying to ride this roller coaster alone. Jesus is saying, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. If you would, church, close your eyes with me. Maybe that's you this morning. You've never experienced the kingdom of God. You've never experienced what life in Jesus is all about. And maybe you just, maybe in this moment, you saw Jesus taking you and giving you access through Him. You're able. If that's you, I just want to give you a response to resp- a chance to respond. That's you. Just raise your hand. Just slip it up. Thank you, church. Look at me for just a second. Today is Palm Sunday. Today, two thousand years ago, was a week before Jesus paid the price for you and me. He was sitting around a table. And he was passing out bread and wine. The ushers would pass out the communion. And as they were passing around this communion, they were sharing stories of the three-year journey. Hey, hey, Peter, do you remember when you walked on water, dude? That was awesome. They were sharing so many stories. Hey, do you remember the woman at the well who went into her city and told everybody about you Jesus and a whole city came to know Jesus you remember that it was really fun and Jesus wanted to say this he said listen I'm going away I'm about to leave I'm not gonna leave you alone I'm not gonna leave you as orphans I'm a good dad I'm gonna give you a helper the Holy Spirit But I'm also going to institute a sacrament that will last forever. I want to remind you, church. I want to remind you, disciples. I want to remind you, those who are in the way, that as often, as he says, as often as you eat of this bread and drink from this cup, you will be reminded of the day I will return for my church, my bride, the one I love. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.
0: to receive
2: i hear the savior say thy strength indeed is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he
1: washed it white as snow. Church, would you grab this bread and would you break it and remember that Jesus' body was broken for you you may eat of the bread family when we take the cup it's the cup the blood of jesus that makes us clean you may take of the cup would you stand and worship this morning
2: Now indeed I find Thy power in thine alone Can change the leper's spots And melt the heart of stone Sing and win And win before the throne i stand in him complete jesus died my soul to save my lips shall still repeat jesus paid it all all to him i owe sin had left a crimson stain praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raises his life up from the dead. Oh,
1: You today, we thank you, Jesus, for paying the ultimate price, God, for us. You so love the world that you gave yourself the truth to set us free. We love you today, we praise you today. We can't wait, wait to celebrate new life next week. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, if you need prayer for anything on the way out this morning, come get prayer from a prayer worker up here. Please invite somebody to Easter next week. I promise it'll be the best message that you've ever heard Pastor Ben preach. We love you. Have a great day.